Citizens, you're listening to an iFanboy special edition podcast on Dread 3D. Judgment is coming. Hey, welcome to another edition of the iFanboy Special Edition Podcast, where we're talking about a comic book movie that comes out, and this week I'm here with Connor. Hello. And Paul Montgomery. You guys got some slow-mo? I'm doing that. <laughs> also known as Judge Kilpatrick, Judge Kilpatrick and Judge Montgomery. Um, <laughs> we are here to talk about the last comic book movie that came out this year, that's coming out in 2012, Dread 3D, uh, starring Carl Urban, Olivia Thirlby, Lena Headley. Um, and it was directed by it's uh, it's directed by Pete Travis. It's written by Alex Garland, who was go. kind of the pseudo director. Apparently, like everyone looked to him for direction, the vision kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so for the so those not in the loop, Judge Dredd is a character, a long legacy character from the pages of 2000 AD, um, created by Carlos Esquera, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And who's the original and artist? John Wagner. John, John Wagner. Wagner. That's what yeah. it is. Yes, yeah. So Carlos Esquera, John Wagner's creation in the pages of 2000 AD, British comic. It's been around for decades. Um, probably one of the, the most notable and best things to come out of 2000 AD. Um, it was the unfortunate subject of a movie in the 90s um, that starred Sylvester Stallone, which many believe was a, a uh, not equal to the comic's legacy, the, the, the character's legacy in comics. Well, you watched it recently. Would that be there's fair? some there's some good stuff in there. It's you know it's a 1995 movie. It's 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 got Rob Snyder in it. Um, so go. yeah, so, <laughs> but there's there's it's not it's not as bad as you might think it is. It, well, it, it kind of holds I, up. It it, 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 it will, well we'll get it well whatever. Not talk about that movie. <laughs> um, but so so with Dread 3D coming out, oh, there was a lot of um, trepidation around it because uh, expectations were low. Um, because, well, it was the forgotten superhero movie, right? Yeah. Or comic book movie, because when this summer it was all about the Avengers and all about Dark Knight Rises and even Amazing Spider-Man, and this was this was kind of the oh yeah, Dread's also coming out. I, I would forget about it until we get a PR email and I'd go oh yeah, Dread. Right. Yeah. And now, what, and an interesting thing happened though is that as the P, the what little PR was building up for it, we saw a trailer, then we saw another trailer, and somewhere around I think like the second trailer, or the second clip that we saw, it was like you know this might be actually pretty good. I agree. It yeah. was. I think we were the few people online who said, "You know what? This could be fun." Yeah, and from, uh, from and, they, and it was. they screened it at the San Diego Comic Con, and apparently, from what I heard, you know, our behind the scenes chatter type thing, I heard the studio that released it was kind of shocked at the at the response at um at at San Diego Comic Con, and so that were as it seemed as if they were gonna kind of just you know not support it as much as uh, as. Judge Dredd fans would have hoped. Um, they realized that, oh, there might be an audience for it. And so now here we are, opening weekend. It's already been open in the UK for a while. Um, I saw it last week in a preview. You guys just saw it this opening weekend. Um, yep. We should probably get into it. What did you think of it? I thought uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was, I mean, it, it was a B movie. You know, it's not trying to be anything more than it is. It's an action, you know, in, in the old school action way. It's not like uh, there's nothing bigger just trying to say. It's just a. A man and his partner against a lot of bad dudes, and a lot of people get shot. I mean, it was it was it, it was it was the kind of film that I I, I you, you wish they'd do the Punisher with. It was that yeah. kind of tone where yes. it wasn't it wasn't silly. It wasn't taking itself too seriously. It wasn't a comedy. It was a it was taking this kind of ridiculous premise of treating it very straight and and t- turning a sort of a 
uh, not long, 90 minute, you know, yeah. taut action film. Right Perfectly. And we should probably touch upon what the premise was. So the, those who don't read Judge Dredd don't know. It takes place in the future, but a near future. So there aren't flying cars or anything like that. It's still very much, um, you know, car based kind of society and guns and that sort of thing. Um, and it uh, takes place in what is called Mega City One, which basically America has been laid waste through nuclear war and stuff like that. And the entire eastern seaboard, instead of being a bunch of cities, has now just merged into one large city that runs from whatever, from like New York to Washington, D.C. And it's just it was Boston to D.C. Uh, Boston to D.C. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's Mega City One. And um, the 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 whole society is run by the Justice Department, which is a bunch of judges who are the guys with the helmet and you see judge dread and you recognize the costume riding around on motorcycles and these guys are judge jury and executioner so if you're caught breaking the law they capture you they uh, do a judgment and then uh then uh then either execute you or follow through with the judgment um with your with your sentencing all there so it's a very lawless kind of world saves very, on court costs exactly and, yeah yeah you know it's it's speedy cuts you know? through the red tape cuts through the bureaucracy just kind of you know but um, so that's the kind of world, and what I and I fucking love this. And one of the things that <laughs> yeah. I loved about it was that there was no attempt to originize Judge Dredd, or there was no attempt to, um, you know, bring you, you know, kind of like when they do these comic movies, they need to show how they came to be, and so you know, like we just saw that recently with Spider Man again, and that sort of thing. Um, but this is just they they said they dropped you in. This is the world. This is Mega City One. These are the judges, and. You just dove right into an episode. Episode in like this could be like in canon with the comics. This could just be another story arc in the comics. Um, right. So I loved it. I thought it was great. Paul, what did you? You wrote the review. Yeah, what did you think? yeah. I wrote the. I, I did the written review on the site, and and um, what I said in there, I, I I agree with you guys that it's it's a movie that picks off exactly as much as it can chew. Like it's it's this tight you know episode, and for the you know amount you know for the, the the relatively smaller fan base that this character has, and you know what kind of you know movie this could stand to be, it's it's exactly what it needs to be. Like having just watched the the 1995 the Stallone one like that's like a whole deconstruction of judge dread it's like it's going he finds out that he's a like a clone and he <laughs> oh, spent he God. there's like one introductory scene where he has the helmet on and the rest of it it's just stallone and yeah. he's not the dread that we see in this movie well that, and, that's um, you don't pay for cast. stallone and put stallone yeah. behind a mask exactly yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah, but so that, it's more and, of a stallone movie and it's just there's a, a brief you know cameo of judge dread and yeah. and with this it's all judge dread all the time and i loved that this is kind of, I guess, a kind of a spoiler because I was wondering about this going in. You never see Urban without the mask, well, and that's um, and that's totally key. Like that was the one thing. Like we said, me and my friends going into, it, I went to see. I have some very passionate, rabid Judge Dredd fans, and we said that the make or break of this it will be if Urban ever takes the helmet off. Because if he takes the helmet off, then it's not Judge Dredd, and they stuck to their guns. They all you saw was the chin. It's all you saw. With the with the grimace, with the frowny face, that had to hurt. He's, like he's got at a the nice end of the chin. day, I was yeah. I was looking at it. I was you know because he had nothing else to look at. You're but looking at, at it. Chin, and I was like, he's got a nice you know. Carl nice Carl, Carl Urban between between um, whatever the writer of Rohan and McCoy and Star Trek and now Judge Dredd is very quickly becoming one of my favorite actors. Yeah, he's yeah. good. Yeah, and yeah. Dan, it takes a lot of prowess to be compelling when you never see your face. Right. Which is why superheroes in movies so often take their masks off because yeah. it's hard to be compelling behind a mask. And and he's behind a half a mask and he's he's as compelling as anybody on screen, yeah. uh, you know, this summer. 
Yeah, and the, the reason it works is, you know, he's he's a force of nature in this movie. And, and Connery said, like, it would be cool to see a Punisher movie like this. This is exactly the way you'd want to treat the Punisher in a movie. And um, I said in the review, it's like, it's the way Batman operates, not in a Batman story, but in like a Justice League story yeah. where he's maybe not the protagonist. He's part of an ensemble. That's where you can get away with that. And you don't have to worry about them going through a, like a, a major character arc. Right. He comes to a realization at the end, but he doesn't really have an arc. Yeah. And, you know, so the the real protagonist of the story is Judge Anderson, uh, Olivia Thirlby's character. Who, who and in, in, terms of, in, in terms of the criticisms of the movie, the only the only criticism is that she's a pretty girl and they found an excuse to have her not wear her helmet as a, as a judge, which totally makes sense. I totally understand. But that's the only thing was like it was like, well, they they got around the helmet with her because they had a pretty girl. But well, that, it makes yeah. sense in that in that way. But I also think it makes sense because it would have been really tough to have follow two people whose faces you can't see for the yeah, whole movie. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, they are, as Paul said, she is the main character kind of so. It would have been tough to never see her. Face and they actually, either. and they, they they sort of prove that point by like later on, there are other judges in the movie, and yeah. there are parts of that sequence where you you're not sure which judge is which. Yeah, like there's a there's a uh, you know dread fighting another judge, yeah. and there's like a shot where I was like, wait, who's the one pushed up against the wall? Is that dread yes. or is that yeah. one of the other ones? And, and yeah. yeah, so I thought it was flipped. It's I a little problem. Around and that's, yeah. yeah, it's tough. The main the main crux of the story, which we should mention, is that. Uh, there's a drug called slow mo, and once you take it, and you experience uh, you experience the world at one percent speed into in, your consciousness, and so it's it's taken over this um, what, what are they called? Um, mega the block or whatever it is. The mega block. Mega uh, it's block. called mega peach trees. This particular one. Yeah. Mega block, which is kind of like the ziggurats from SimCity run. Um, <laughs> and uh, so there's a, or there's I was a gang gonna say, or I was gonna say, this, it's, uh, it's building very... at, with this drug, and so there's been a murder. Triple murder and Judge Dredd goes in and investigate and becomes him and his partner against the entire drug gang in this building that's been locked down. You know them against the cartel. So and, uh, it's the, the mega it's, the mega blocks are very reminiscent of Co-op City in, in the Bronx. And yes. a lot of people, <laughs> um, like movie fans, have, have complained actually that it's very it's a very similar concept to uh, the Raid Redemption. Sort of a, a cult movie that, that came. I think it's Indonesian, um, and it's it's the same kind of idea where this this um, this group goes in to take down. It's like a drug bust on this this apartment complex, and like everyone who lives in there is either you know an innocent who stays locked away or a crazy you know martial artist guy who comes out and, and tries to kill the the main characters. And um, these these two movies sort of were in production at the same time, so it's not like this is copying that. Um, and I think this is actually a stronger movie than than that is. Yeah, I mean, um, I, the, the, the raid was the raid was always described to me as almost like a video game movie where it's like the good guys are on the first floor, they need to get to the bad guy on the top floor, and they go up, and every level they hit another like a mini boss, and right, that's like the, the Bruce yeah. Lee game yeah. of death thing where you go up the pagoda and the. You know the main bosses at the end. Yeah, but so now, now with this one is that they're in the mega block and they, it gets locked down. Um, they're going after the boss Mama, who is played by uh, Cersei from Game of Thrones, um, which I which like ten minutes in, I'm like, oh, it's her. 
Um, and it's cool because, it, you know, because the lockdown helps them. It, it maintains the main setting. But I didn't get the sense like like Raid where it was kind of cut and dry where they needed to go up. They kept on going up and down. And it was kind of like, right. you know, adventures throughout the entire building. Um, I thought it was gr- I mean, I just I, I just love like I said, I love the I love the action. I love it. I, I love that they didn't try to make Mega City one or the Mega Block look too futuristic. It had just enough nods to the future where you got the sense okay this isn't now but it was believable and that a lot of it was very similar to our world now um so i thought they got that right and also being this being a 2000 ad and british you know kind of uh british comic i thought the movie looked very british like well, i, I it, thought the, the the benefit of it being a low budget is a british south african co-production yeah right was that it was shot in south africa it was almost all unrecognizable actors so it really sort of helps keep yeah, that that's but, yeah i but, think that's real like it's actually really important to the like the sensibility and the aesthetic of the movie is that at least for you know american viewers this doesn't look like any other city it, it looks a little odd and and what i like about this compared to the stallone movie is that the stallone movie it's like really ver- it's a really vertical city and like the the haves are up top and then you go down to the bottom and it's the have nots and and um like the statue of liberty was moved to the center of the of the oh, of mega city one and it's like all these big flashy billboards here it's like really grounded and really kind of like you could believe that this is like 20 years from now yeah yeah or something and they're not on in the stallone movie they're they are in flying motorcycles And in this, they're on actual, you know, motorcycles on the ground. And there's just some really interesting, cool world building, especially in the beginning, like when they, they, there's a bunch of dead bodies from a shootout and there's like an announcements over the PA talking about the, the bodies are going to be recycled and like, what the hell does that mean? And you're like, you don't ever really find out what that means. And they also talk about how like the, the food court will be open in 30 minutes while they have like these little Zamboni things going around cleaning up the blood. And it's it's like that's it's so casual that like a shootout would happen in the in you know in, in this world that they actually are able to do that quick turnaround where it's gonna be reopened in thirty minutes. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just I, I, I just I, I love the setting and also also, you know, in addition to like you said, it's not looking recognizable in the people and all this stuff. But I thought some of the like the cinematography and like the effects, like the slow mo effect and stuff like that just really had it almost reminded me of, you know, not not directly of trains of train spotting. But like reminded me of that British kind of aesthetic and that kind of Danny Boyle kind of approach to how do you yeah. visualize something like this? And I thought that was, um, um, you know, it was just, it, it was just super interesting, I thought. It gets really like super saturated and like it looks airbrushed um, in the slow-mo segments. And I like that, you know, there's so many action movies where they use slow motion and bullet time and stuff. And there's often not really like a a narrative reason to do that. You know, like in The Matrix, there's a there's an excuse to use bullet time because it's they're playing with the fabric of reality and stuff. And but with with this, it's it's a it's substance abuse and it's messing with, you know, your cognition. And so there's a perfect reason for using slow, you know for for using the slow-mo vision and uh i love that it's like it can give you the ultimate pleasure but then it could also be like really torturous yeah in that scene where they they throw the guys off the balcony and it's and that yeah i thought that was really really clever yeah that was yeah they they they, um they find a couple of guys who they need the 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 drug gang needs to kill and so they decide to give them a shot of slow-mo then throw them off the ledge of like the 40th floor or something like that so if falling feels like 200 oh 200 floor yeah falling feels like it takes forever which is crazy yeah 
I, I have to be honest. The first time we saw the drug, I was like, that would be kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time where you're like, hmm, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not so bad. One thing is, again, in my, you know, similar to The Dark Knight Rises where I didn't see the Talia swerve coming at all, I continue uh-huh. to be as naive as anything. And my, my friends that I saw the movie were laughing at me because there's – so there's a scene where – so they're locked in the in the uh, apartment complex. Judge Dredd and Judge Anderson are, are picking off the the, um, the drug gang and they're working their way up and all that sort of stuff. And so at one point, then the the woman, the leader of the, of the drug cartel says, uh, you know, says – Someone's like, what are we going to do? She's like, call 911. And then more judges come in. And I was like, oh, great, more judges. They're backup. Excellent. They're going to be okay. And I didn't realize that these are crooked judges and these judges are villains as well. And I was just like – and so when the first judge kind of pulled the um, pulled the gun on Judge Dredd, I was like, what are they doing? They're judges. Like, it was like I completely fell for it. Fir- I think the first part you notice is when they kill the, uh, well, the, 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 the health guy, yeah. guy the yeah. medical yeah. guy. Yeah, that's, that was the one. Yeah, that was when the I, When yeah. I saw the medical guy like coming out like he had barricaded himself in the health center and – he finally, you know, he comes out thinking it's safe. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. they're they're crooked cops and they're going to kill them. Yeah. I just thought that it was really interesting that and good that it was so stripped down. There was only the elements you needed in the story, the characters you needed. There weren't too many characters. There weren't too many extraneous story elements. There wasn't yep. subplots. It was just straightforward. These these are these guys in in this situation. They have to get out of it, and yeah. it was and, it was and, very stripped down. I liked that about it a lot. Yeah, and it's it's just another dread story. Like like yeah. I said, I mean, like it just feels like it, they could have pulled it from any story arc, and it was like a fun. And that's the great thing about Judge Red is that while there's you know thirty plus years of stories, you don't need to go back and read the first one. You can literally go grab any Judge Dredd trade paperback from two thousand AD and enjoy it. You know, I think long- I've only ever read one Judge Dredd story, and that was in the nineties when Simon Bisley did one. Yeah. So Maybe good, so timer. good. Yeah, no, I've got they've got, they've got I've, I've got a couple of volumes of the Mega City Masters collection where they took all the great comics folks that that we know of here in American comics who worked on 2000 AD and put them all into collected trade. So there's you know I think there's Grant Morrison, Garth Ennis, Jock, like all these great names that we love in other comics. Are just and it's just collecting all their dread stories, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, this is great. Like literally, when I my first thought when the movie finished. I kind of slapped my hand on my knee and I was like, you know, I would watch four more movies of four more episodes just like that, you know? Yeah. No, I, I think, you know, I think yeah, he's, a, he's yeah. a really compelling character and I think the cast they went with was really smartly cast and it's just you, you like spending time, as weird as it sounds, you like spending time in this in this world with this character. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's bloody. Don't get me wrong. If It's not for the squeamish. It's It's bloody. It's a hard R. You know, there's lots of exploding heads, bodies, and there, there was body a couple, parts. There was and, a couple of violent scenes, like when when Dread punched the dude's neck, is dropped his throat. I was like, oh, I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a couple of, and there was a couple of um, somebody got shot and went to slow motion, and you see the bullet go through their cheek, and you see their yeah. teeth and everything. Yeah, see, I, I saw it in two D, so I didn't see the full on uh, violent effect of the three D, but it was still two D is still pretty pretty bloody as it was. Three D was yeah. the three D was good. I thought I didn't have a problem with the three D at all. I, yeah, I don't. I think you can. I, I think you can get away seeing it in two D, even though it's it's branded as as Dread three D. I think you can get away with it, and you don't you don't miss a lot. But I think it does it does add a bit to it in some of the action sequences. It does darken the movie up a bit, but that actually I think is a plus sense, yeah. for this kind of movie. It's yeah. just it looks great. Like there's this extra level of grain, and it just it looks like I don't know, like a like a hard arm movie from like the nineties yeah. that. You know, at least my age, like I shouldn't have been watching, but right. you know, so it's, it adds. There's like a level of nostalgia to it that it's it's sort of hard to put my finger on. But the the, the, my, the other kind of moments that I liked was that there's one moment where 
the, like the drug gang is just like, all right, we're not fucking around, and they know where Dread is, and they bring out like the big guns, and they bring out these big, you know, rail guns, and they just shoot, and it's across. So the the apartment complex is kind of like an embassy suites where there's like it's a square, <laughs> and the middle the middle column is just empty, and so there's balconies, so you can like yeah, it's like standing, an O around like a quad yeah, sort of area. Yeah, if you're standing on one end, you can see the other end, and so they set up these three rail guns, and they're just fucking shooting, and they blow up the entire floor like it's just concrete going everywhere, and you. There's no way Dred's alive, and then just out of the mist, Dred comes with one of their <laughs> drug drug people and pushes them over the balcony, and then just walks back into the mist. And it was just like, it was like, yeah, it was just so badass. And like, no, he's, he's a very he's a very badass character. Yeah. He was he was, and it wasn't it wasn't over the top in the case that made it silly. You know, yeah. he he was very believably badass, yeah. and uh, yeah. it was it was just really fun. Yeah. It was just you, so, well, super fun. Well, since we since we've been you know lauding this you know with a lot of praise, do, what did you think about the like the final? Like confrontation, I think that, it's that, that kind of. That was the only question I had was why didn't her her dead man switch work? Because he, he it was the range of the switch to the bomb and like and going through all the concrete. Yes, yes, yes. And he asked he he and it was a gamble. And that's the thing is that like Dread was willing to sacrifice himself and everyone in the apartment comp. So basically, at the at the end, the the boss she thinks she's tra- she's she's outsmarted dread because she attaches a a um trigger to a the apparently the whole mega complex the whole apartment complex is uh the mega block is wired to blow up and she attaches a switch to her wrist that if she she dies then the bomb will go off basically so the yeah. J- judge dread can't shoot her can't kill her so he gives her a so he says it in the movie he said he asked the other judge anderson he said how how you know how long do you think it takes to get down to the bottom floor from the 200th floor and he gives the woman the dr- the drug leader mama she, he gives her a shot of slow mo and throws her off the balcony betting that the time it will take for her to land on the ground that the switch will be out of range to trigger and he was right he gambled so uh, you know, and, and the, the bomb doesn't go off. She dies. The switch doesn't do anything, and everything everything's okay. But that and that's, I'm that's fine the thing. with that as you know as a device and everything. I, I I think building up Mama so much as a character, she kind of goes out like a little anticlimactically, like yeah. in terms of a confrontation. It's I mean it's in, intentionally. It's supposed to be kind of like a like a reversal that he like really quickly. Like yeah. she, she thinks you know she gambles and says you're not going to shoot me because I've got this. Dead man switch, yep. and he immediately does, you know, Shoot give her like a gut shot. It's yeah. not a, yeah. you know, it's a, it would have it would be a fatal shot, but he, he doesn't like shoot her in the head. Yeah. But anyways, like she's you know basically out of the game at this point, yep. so it's not, you know, it it's not the kind of confrontation that is really character based it's sort of like a well, but it's that's about a, him being clever that he can throw her over the edge and yeah stuff. and that and that's the thing is that his character isn't like you know going to give the drug dealer redemption or anything that she's responsible for the deaths of a bunch of people and he goes through her set her her um her accusations you know right. and and so her judgment is death there's no way around it and and if she's not going to outsmart it and so that's why he shot her in the gut to have like a long you know kind of a a slow blood you know kind of um a slow kind of gut shot um, and then throwing her over the the <laughs> throwing her over the the side of the two hundredth floor, um, kind of seals the deal. And and but I I like the fact that he gambled with the lives of everyone in the building because it just shows the black and white line of the judges of that you know it, it, everyone gets judgment and everyone gets their their um, their you know what they deserve. Yeah, um, I, th- so. I just think the like the video game fans out there listening, like I think what the way I would equate it is like. You play this really great game, and then you get to the final boss, and it's like a 
a quick time event where it's not really a great battle. It's yeah. just like you get into this theatrical sequence and you have to hit a button at a certain time. Yeah. So it's not like like I just think she I think she deserved a little bit more in terms of putting up a fight. Yeah, I That's all. That. All right, fair enough. But I don't know. I loved it. Like I said, I would see I would see five more of these movies without without a without a hesitation. So yeah, yeah. Punisher, Punisher producers, take note. Yes, exactly. Just yeah, don't know who cares about the family. Don't make the Punisher cry. Just have him be a force of nature and tell a good story. That's all it is. Tell a good episode. in a, in, a, in a low budget, stripped down way. No, I don't. I'd know. almost argue it, it would never happen, but I'd argue I'd I'd love to see a Batman movie like this, where it's just he's Batman the whole time. Yep. Well, I, I agree. I think it's fine. I mean, especially after the you know the Nolan trilogy, where it's all about so you know, heavy, and everything, yeah, but, so heavy. She was only six. I can't do the voice. Um, <laughs> six years old. Sixteen years old. All right. So uh, go to ifanboy.com. Paul wrote a great review again. Thank you. Uh, of the of the movie, uh, Paul's re- this year. He's really done a great job on these movie reviews. And Dread 3D was no. Um, it was funny because I saw it last week and I said, "Hey, do you guys want me to write the review?" And Paul's like, "No, I got it." I'm like, "All right, fair enough. I defer." I had dibs. <laughs> we talked about. I, know, I, had I dibs. know. I'm just saying. <laughs> you would have. You wrote a much better review than I would have. So go to ifanboy.com. You can read it there. There's also a post where you can discuss uh, the movie uh, with everybody else who saw it this weekend um, and see what they all thought of it. Um, you can go see the movie. I mean, yeah. if you're because a lot of people haven't, so if if you're a dread fan, or even if you're not, I'm not really a dread fan, but I just enjoyed it, an action, you know, fast paced, you know, low budget strip down action with a compelling lead and a fun story. So if you're interested yeah. in that at all, you should go see Dread. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Seriously, go. go see yeah, it. I hope it gets good word of mouth because I think it's it's fun. It's getting good reviews and good cinema scores. It's just not translating into box office. Yeah, when I but saw that's not surprising because they haven't done any promotion for the movie in the United States. Yeah, when I when I saw it in in a preview last week, it had a Rotten Tomatoes of like ninety five percent. It's dropped down now to seventy eight, um, and the audience at Rotten Tomatoes is like an eighty six. So I mean, it, it's it's a good movie, and I mean, and I turned to my Judge Dread fans who I saw the movie with as the credits were rolling and kind of gave the thumbs up, thumbs down, and they all were thumbs up. So it, it passed the, cool. the the diehard fans and. And if you if you follow any of the British comics uh, world on Twitter, you know that they're all liking it too. So if they approve, then it's got to be pretty good. Um, but yeah, but good good way to end out the year. Uh, I think it's a that went, is went, that is it for the year for movies. Yeah, right? went out on a high for note. for theatrical movies. We yes, still got yeah. some home video stuff like the uh, uh, Dark Knight Returns Part One. Oh, animate animation, not like home videos. Like you didn't make a Dark Knight movie that. Was- <laughs> no, <laughs> you, you don't know that Paul didn't. No make fan it. vids. No, <laughs> some fan fan films. <laughs> It's like the kids doing the the Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. Yeah. Took me like you know twelve years. <laughs> but you finally you're done. Finally, it's I did a shot for shot remake of the Phantom with Billy Zane, <laughs> and I actually got Billy Zane. He wasn't doing anything. Which is Billy Zane's so- not hard to get anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, I can't wait. It's to Very see expensive that. Uh, uh, hair piece though. Yeah. So that was a major expense. All right, so except for the uh, upcoming animation podcast, this wraps up uh, comic book movies for 2012, and we'll look forward to next year when I'm sure there'll be another f- batch of it. I'm gonna, it seems to be averaging about five or so a year. You know, maybe next a year's more. Man of Steel, and, yeah. uh, and uh, was, is Thor next, next year? Thor? Yeah, Iron Man, Iron Man, Thor, one of the Marvel Iron, Iron, Yeah, Iron Man 3 and then yeah. Thor 2. Yes, that's, yep, yeah. Um, yeah, well, I'm looking forward and to it. And then we'll review Paul's shot-for-shot shot remake of The Phantom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. So, until then, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Paul. Oh, you're Billy Zane. All right. Let's do this. Okay. We'll count you in. Sure. Three, two. Citizen. 
You're listening to an iFanboy special edition podcast on Drud... Th- Drud. <laughs> <laughs> Drud. Right. Drud Dread.